0: This episode,
1: Brad and Court Talk have a special guest. Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to another Pure Phantom podcast of Brad and Court Talk. I'm Brad,
0: and I'm Court. Tonight we'll be discussing Sci-Fi's upcoming series, Channel Zero: Candle Cove, with Luisa DeLavera. Welcome, Luisa. Hi. Thanks. Happy to be here.
1: Great to have you here with us. Channel Zero uh, Candle Cove is based off of a creepy pasta. For those of you who don't know what a creepy pasta is, it's an internet horror story that has been shared around the internet and forms to dis- dis- to disturb and frighten readers. Hence the name creepy pasta, as it's been copied and pasted across the internet. So, Louisa, have you read or listened to any of the internet versions of Candle Cove?
2: Absolutely, I read the original as well as a couple other versions that were written by. Um, other writers who were not Chris Straub, who was the the writer of the original one. And they were so freaky that at first I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to handle the material. Um, I'm also a big baby when it comes to horror. Um, but there was something so simple about the original material, about the original Candle Cove, um, that just kind of tapped into your mind in a really, really real way and and even though it was very scary i i really liked it a lot it's so a, how would you rank the creep factor on candle cove then um for the the original material or the well I, both like show both oh, but, um from a on a for like a on a psychological uh scale probably like a nine it's it's high up there oh so watch if, it with the lights out Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really about drawing you in and, and to the point where you're not quite sure what's real and what's not. Am I crazy? Am I not? It's that it it puts you into that weird headspace. That's the whole uh, feeling behind it. It's definitely something you want to watch in quiet. Awesome. And darkness. Yeah. So, uh,
0: looking at the trailer, unlike Brad, I don't have a lot of exposure to Creepy Pasta. The trailer kind of gave me Outer Limits, Twilight Zone vibes. The series is going to be like an anthology, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And this chapter, of course, is titled "Channel Zero, Candle Cove." Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool.
2: So, how did? Yeah, it's great. They're doing a different, um, different story every season, different cast. So it, it, it's, it's there's an incredible like freedom that we've seen so far, even with just our own, um, our own season, because, because it's, cl- uh, it's not open-ended, we can create sort of whatever we want for these six episodes and sci-fi has been wonderful and that has given us a bit more, I think, free reign than maybe they would have if this was a series that would, that was open-ended and that would continue because there's less pressure to get things perfect and get everyone from the network on board, um, because it's only going to be six episodes long. So there's a real uh, freedom to kind of, okay, well, what are the what are the real, like the creatives on the ground want to do? And how, and the people who are sort of really immersed in the day-to-day um, once we're up and running, like, well, what do they want to do? And, and it's been really, really cool to have that freedom.
0: I've really enjoyed shows that do that. There's a certain freshness that you can bring to it that you can reboot yourself, like every time you come back.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And they already announced the second season was the Channel Zero, the, the no-end house. Which mm-hmm, already that's right. So I mean, it's always yep. good to know when we have a new series starting off that there's a second season coming. So we can look forward to that creep factor after after we see what's going on with this one.
2: Yeah, it's exciting for me because, I mean, obviously we know all about our season, but then it's an entire mystery. I know, I know a little bit about the second season, but just vague, vague brush strokes is all that um, – Nick would give us. Uh, and I, 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 I'm i just really excited to see it because knowing how well ours turned, I really think ours has, it turned out great. And I, so I think that the second season is going to be wonderful as well.
0: So is it going to work so that you can become involved in the different
2: anthologies, the different stories as they roll out? No, it's, it's not in the American horror story um, uh, range where they tend to bring back cast. It's really once you've done one, that's sort of it. They, they it so far have decided not to use their people again, but I mean, this is only on season two. So who knows, maybe a couple seasons down, assuming this continues, maybe we'll get a call and some of us will be coming back. I don't know. I'd be, I'd love to go back. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, That would be really cool to see you again. Yeah.
1: How did you get involved with this project?
2: This one was, it was kind of just, it it wasn't a really heavy um, audition process. I just, got an audition, sent a tape in. It wasn't even in person because they were casting it out of Toronto and I'm based in Vancouver. Um, and I sent in a tape and that was it. The director saw it and loved it and they cast me off of that. So it was kind of the easiest project I've ever booked in that sense. There wasn't much pressure and it ended up it ended up being that every single person I felt that, that Craig, our director, cast off of tape um, as well, everyone in general, was just so wonderful. That, uh, he really has this ability to get a sense of the actors, like what their energy is. And and I think he really cast all the right people for all the right roles because, you know, we worked together for over two months and you really get to know people. A couple, couple of them I already knew from projects beforehand. And <laughs> we got to know these people even more and even more. I started to see, oh, I, I get why you were cast as this role. Oh, Okay, now I can even see more why you were cast as this role because there was just bits and pieces in who we are as people that just resonated so completely with these characters that we were playing. So I, I got to give full credit to our director for that.
0: So when you auditioned, did you already know who you were auditioning for or you just did your tape and they said, oh no, she's going to be perfect for so-and-so?
2: They. It was, I knew who I was auditioning for. So I was auditioning for Amy Welsh, the sheriff's deputy in this small town. Um, and I think that like there was no, oh, maybe she would play someone else. There's really only a handful of of main characters, and um, this was the only one I would have been right for. And I've played a police officer before, and I've played a sheriff's deputy before. There really seems to be sort of an area that I've, like, spread wings in, so it felt like a pretty easy transition into this role, and I think they sensed that, too.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about your character?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um... So she grew up in this small town that she's now a sheriff's deputy in. Um, she's a little bit of a, a tomboy just a bit and, and um, really friendly person, really loves her job, loves the people she works with. And she's had a pretty good life. She hasn't had anything too difficult happen to her, any any really intense challenges in her life. It's been a really um, good, warm sort of upbringing um and so as these these strange things start happening in the town and she is one of the deputies in the sheriff's department um a small sheriff's department it's a small town she's starting to have to pull weight that she's never had to pull before and she's very intelligent and she's she's up to the challenge but it's it's just that she's doing this for the first time and it's it's, uh, it's like nothing she's ever experienced before. It's not, like nothing a lot of these people have ever experienced before. The people who are young on the younger side, I would say, in this town. Because the ones who are a bit older, they, there's a familiarity here. So she, she's getting a bit of a trial by fire. All right. And what was the most challenging thing for you stepping into this role? I think um, the most challenging thing was finding the breathing space. In this role. And, and um, because it's a psychological horror, it's a very specific kind of genre, and uh, there's a lot of factors that are going to come into play to making it right, like editing, um, the sound, the music is going to be huge. Uh, there's, there's so many elements that are completely out of my control. Um, so f- making sure that I was holding the moments and sort of letting it breathe, which is a really difficult thing to do because you really have to find the tone of a project to, and you have to get it right. And often I think what directors look for when they're casting is actors who are sort of automatically on the same page as to what their um the project, well, what it's going to end up being like. And you can't qu- always know that going into it. So you just kind of make a guess and hope you get lucky and, and I think I was in the right realm when I auditioned, but getting there on the day and really sort of finding the place to settle was definitely uh, definitely a challenge. But I think uh, I think I, I think we all we all really found it, and especially once we got to know um, Craig and Nick and how they how they worked. Nick was our showrunner and Craig our director for all six episodes. Really getting to know how they worked and, and the story they wanted to tell, then we all sort of settled into this great place.
0: Awesome.
1: So we keep seeing that tooth man in the uh, in the trailer. Yeah. There is, is that going to play a big part in the epi- in the series?
2: Yes, it's it'll be significant. It's definitely not the only creature ish thing, I guess I can say, it, but it is a very prominent one, um, uh, and. It's, it, there's a, I can I, I can't say too much but it definitely it's going to be right. it'll be there and it's going to be creepy
1: because
2: okay. even just seeing it in a preview it is not great <laughs> it is it is very uncomfortable
1: no not at all it's like you see that thing It's like yeah. that's just that's not right that's just so many levels of wrong right there <laughs>
2: It is so many, so many levels. So everything in your body wants nothing to do with this gross thing that is sitting across from this kid at a table and eating teeth out of this kid's mouth or out of his hand. It's just, it's just, it's not,
1: it doesn't feel good. Just screams run away. Right <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so the effects, they, they're practical then?
2: Yes, everything is, um, as far as I know, I believe almost everything was uh, with real. It's the amount of like CGI that they use is going to be very little, if any, I don't even know if they're using any, it was really important to them that they made it as visceral as possible, which led to some really incredible stuff on set.
0: Yeah. Cause that uh, helps you set. guys. If you can actually see what it is facing
2: you. Hugely. It's I, I've done, so many TV movies and, and and disaster films and things like that where you're looking off into the distance imagining there's, you know, a massive tornado coming at you and you're trying to be afraid of it, but there's nothing there. You're looking at a beautiful blue sky, and which is a whole challenge in itself, but it's so wonderful when you have something there in front of you and it's terrifying and you can just sort of let yourself react to it in this really, really real way. It's just, it's so wonderful. And then the, um, I mean, the whole art department, they have an absolute blast making everything.
1: Oh, So looking forward to seeing that. Definitely. Yeah. So if you had only five words to Pitch Candle Cove, what would they be?
2: Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, terrifying. Uh, dark. Uncomfortable. Disturbing and unexpected.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Those are great words. <laughs> so I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's going to be cool. It's going to be really cool. It's, it's, it's a, I was trying to think of a good word for a slow build, but I, I couldn't think of anything, but it, cause it, it will be a slow build. It's, it, it doesn't come and hit you over the head. It's going to invite you in like it's this, this house that you're invited into and you you're not quite sure what it's going to be yet but you step in and and slowly things start to draw you in 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 one way or another and then you're and you're not going to be quite sure what's what's real and what's not and and, and I really think it's going to be one of those shows where it, you just have to watch the next one it because you need psychological clarity to sort of make sense of of what it's doing. Um, It's really going to be a captivating show, I think. Yeah, but that's where the best scares come in, where you're lulled in. And
0: Mm -hmm. you're like, oh my God,
2: what's going to happen? And that's what made me so excited about it, reading the pilot. Um, Because you you could get that sense immediately from the very first scene. It was so clear to me visually, like what it was going to look like. And, And there was this sort of cold that, Crept over me, and and everything else around started to kind of disappear, and I just found myself getting so drawn into what I was reading, and that was just from the first scene. So after I read that, I thought, "This is—I really think this is going to be something, something special." And I think it's translated from that's, page to screen.
1: That's one of the things that sucked me into it, also with the fact that uh, having read and listened to the internet version, I'm thinking this is going to transfer over and it's going to be so good. I got a feeling it's going to be one of these things because if, when you start reading that the internet version and watching it or listening to it, it sucks you in. So I'm like, this yes. is probably going to do the same thing and I'm not going to want to end. You just want to keep going.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Cause that tone of that original story, it, it starts off as this casual conversation between people online and it's, it's, it's it it gives you something that you know and it's familiar and there's nothing strange about it and before you know it it's taken a right turn and a left turn and a and a U turn and you don't even know that those things necessarily have happened but then suddenly you realize you you are so lost and you're not in a place you want to be and you didn't even know how you got there and that that slow drawing in that's in that original story is the same thing that's going to be in the
1: series. And even after that, you start questioning things about your own childhood going, did that
2: really happen
1: <laughs> like I thought it did? I don't know. <laughs>
2: so. Yeah. Well, yeah, after after this uh, uh, creepy that came out, there's a whole um, sort of stream of conversation online of, of people saying that they saw this show, that like Candle Cove was a show that, that they saw in real life. And so people have absolutely – taken this story and ran with it and sort of the uncertainty between what's real and what's not that is held in the, um, in the original story has passed over into real life. It's really incredible. And now it's going to be a TV show. It's just so cool.
1: Well, that's funny. You mentioned that it's crossing over to real life because that's a lot what the creepy paces do too. They have that lost episode um, um, form that goes on with the, the two that I remember right off the bat were the episode where Bart Simpson dies. So he got sucked out of an airplane window and <laughs> uh, Squidward from SpongeBob committed suicide. So they put that whole thing. And I remember reading some of these and people going, I remember watching that episode. No, you didn't. Somebody just wrote about it. You think you remember right. it, but it just, which leads back to my other point of going, making you question your childhood of going, did that really happen? Or am I thinking that?
2: happened?" Yes. Yeah. I know it, it, it's incredible the power of suggestion when when something can do that and make you question things like that it is is something special. It's That's a little annoying. scary too,
0: a little scary. So Louise, do you have any other projects that you're currently working on? Anything coming up soon?
2: Yeah, I'm we're right in the middle of shooting season 4 of The 100 uh <gasps> on the CW. Awesome. Um yeah, so that's been just an absolute blast. We it was just on set the other day in this uh, incredible new set, which I can't tell you what it is, but it's going to be really, <laughs> really, really cool. Um, and like nothing yet that's been on the show. Um, but, I mean, that show is, is just a ball. It's every single minute of that show is so packed with drama and action. And it's so juicy. It's just yeah. like 100% pure juice. Yeah, all that's another so, show that
0: continues to reinvent itself, and I, that's one of the reasons I love that show.
2: Oh yeah, and the fan base is is very really hardcore. Like there's, it's it's just an intense show all around. Whether you're in it, whether you're a fan, um, so that's been that's been wonderful. And we've been shooting, and the weather here has been great in Vancouver, but I know it's going to turn soon, so we'll probably be out in the mud. Pretty quick here is my guess because it's you usually know what happens on this show.
0: <laughs> so, is there anything possibly coming for Amori and Murphy?
2: Anything more? Well, I I can say that um Murphy, John Murphy, is definitely Amori's one strong connection on this show. Like she, mm-hmm. he's the whole reason why she's really around uh, at this point because of. uh the, the wonderful relationship that they've developed. But now after the, um, the city of light, there's a, a lot of awareness about Amori that, um, all the other people who were chipped have, which they wouldn't have had before because she was kind of, a you know, before she met John, she was definitely a, more of a lone wolf with just her and her brother and flew under the radar. But, you know, there's the people know about her now. She can't quite hide the way she used to. And, um, uh, and right after it all happened, she was in Polis with, you know, a whole slew of other archers and grounders. And um, so th- there's going to be some adjustments to do. She, you know, she has to decide where basically what now. Um, and there are times when she's mixed up with people that she, you know, wouldn't choose to be with just because she wouldn't choose to be with any society really at all. She doesn't trust anyone except for John. Um, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how she deals with having to work with other people, either with them, against them, um, maybe a bit of both. I'm not quite sure because I I haven't, uh, you know, we've only done so many episodes, but that's I think the big thing that's happening with Amori right now. And definitely her and John are going to, you know, we're going to see them uh, together again because they have a real, a very real relationship and that's not something that, that you just write away in it. In, in in any easy way.
1: Well, I know there'll be a lot of happy people out there knowing that you'll be coming back on that show, so.
2: That's nice. <laughs> me, me too. I'm so happy to be back on it. I love it. It's just great.
1: It's been a ball. So how can people reach you on the social media?
2: Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Luisa D'Olivera, and then Instagram as well, Luisa D'Olivera. Those are the two that I use. Awesome. And I have a Facebook page as well, Yeah.
0: Excellent. Uh, well, we want to thank you for coming out tonight and chatting with us. We had an awesome time and we're so looking forward to Candle Cove. Channel me zero. too.
2: Thanks, thank, thanks thanks, for chatting with me. It's been great. Now I'm going to go online and check out all your other stuff. Okay. Oh, definitely. I see, I see you have big fandoms for all the shows.
0: Oh, yes. We, we love yep. all the shows.
2: so much TV yep. to watch. Yeah, you guys are good. <laughs> it's
1: great having you out with us.
2: Anytime. Let me know. Okay. Oh, definitely. All right.
1: Bye. All right. That was an interesting interview. Got to learn a lot about Candle Cove.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit of 100.
1: Yes, a little bit of 100, which is always good to know a little bit more about Amori coming back. But also looking forward to her on this. Candle Cove coming up October 11th. That's uh, next Tuesday, actually
0: i can't wait i'm like t- i love to be creeped out october is like one of my favorite times a year just because of all the scary stuff that comes out in october so i'm looking forward to this and that that stuff you sent me the other night really creeped me out
1: yeah i, I was kind of mad at you if you want to i mean you can look up candle cove on go to youtube type in candle cove you'll find an audio version of the story if you want Creepy to pasta. go ahead and listen to it i'm telling you right now you can probably listen to it and it's going to be different than the show that we're going to see one, because the audio yes. story is only like 20 minutes long, so yeah. there's that. And this is six six episodes, of six hours, but well, not 45 minutes. You know, you get the idea, six episodes. Yeah. But I am excited to hear that the creepy tooth guy is actual, you know, it's a real thing. It's not a CGI or anything else like that. Cause that just, I cause love that. that. I mean, I was pretty positive it was like that but i didn't actually know if that was going to be on the show or not you know you never yeah. i was like is it or is it not it's hard to tell so there we go and after this one they got number one coming out next year i'd imagine next october so
0: yeah yeah that makes sense unless they do it every six months like i, I would take that <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I don't know if they will or not, but hey, I'd up, I'd be up for you know I'm good for horror whenever you want to put it on TV. So always, always. There you go. You want to All right. So Candle
0: Cove go. premieres on Sci Fi Channel October 11th.
1: Correct.
0: And you already said that.
1: That is a Tuesday. Yes, I did. But ah! I'm say it again. <laughs> it's a Tuesday.
0: All right, so if you're already there, head on over to purefandom.com. Check out some of the other killer articles posted there. There are a ton of great writers. And, like, there's just all kinds of stuff on that site, especially now that shows have come back. I've been writing about uh, Lucifer and Pitch, and I'm writing Timeless. Timeless, that premieres tonight. It's pretty good. I saw the first two screeners. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Also, Westworld, OMG. Just saying.
1: Just saying. Okay.
0: And Luke Cage. Yes. Double OMG.
1: Yes. If you haven't seen Luke Cage yet, go ahead and jump on there and see it. There's some chatter going on. Uh, Coming up soon, too, if you're a CW fan, definitely hit the site because there will be all sorts of talk going on in the Flashverse and everything else.
0: Yes. Starting tomorrow. Flash is back. And CW app is live. So if you miss an episode, you can go to their app the next day and it'll be there. You can't go to Hulu anymore. They no longer have that deal.
1: And if you want to find us on the Twitter, I'm Brad ZB. She's Jen Dev. Be sure to follow pure fandom as well to keep up to date on the latest articles that have been posted.
0: Yes. And if you are watching Van Helsing, check out our group, sci-fi Van Helsing fan group, pure fandom. Yeah. Go look for us. We're there.
1: And until next time, brush your teeth or else the teeth man's going to come looking for you.
0: Oh no. Put it under the pillow. Lots of money.
1: Feed it, feed it to (laughs) him.
0: That's it for this episode.
1: Head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content.